The following audio was recorded by Gateway Church's student ministry program called 180. Gateway Student Ministry creates a come-as-you-are environment that leads to transformation and authentic faith. For more information about Gateway Student Ministry, visit gatewaychurch.com forward slash students. All right. What's up, 180? All right. Yeah, there's one person in the front. He's, he's hyped to be here. How are you guys doing? Come on, let me hear you. There it is. There it is. Hey, if you guys don't know me, my name is Ross, and I'm super pumped to be back with you guys tonight. I've been here about a month ago, and if you don't know who I am, just know that I'm on staff here at Gateway. I work on what's called the Grow Team. You don't know, need to know what that means, other than I get to work with our anchor young adults. Maybe you've heard of them. They're actually not as rowdy as you guys are, so I'm actually really excited to be here with you guys tonight. Um, it's good to be here tonight. You guys feeling good? You guys feeling like something's going to happen? I think something's going to happen. So it's particularly good to be here tonight um, because I get the privilege of kicking us off into a new series. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be taking a look at an idea that is especially close to my heart. Um, When Nate actually sent me the notes and I was kind of reading through the concept for the series, I was like, yeah, this is going to be really, really good. And we're talking about something, again, it's, it's really close to kind of my story and where I've been, and I'm talking about this thing called identity. I'm talking about this thing called identity. And the big question that we're going to be looking at over the course of this series, so the next several weeks, the big question goes like this, who am I? Who am I? That's the big question that we're going to be talking about. And trust me, it's a big question. It's actually the big question. And maybe you're sitting in your chair this evening kind of thinking like, okay, I don't, I don't really know what's so big about that question. Um, my hope is that we kind of unpack that together. It's okay if you're feeling that right now. We're going to unpack that over the next several minutes. Um, the goal is to discover a little bit more about who we are. The goal is to discover a little bit more about who we are, who we're created to be, and on the flip side of that, who we are not. Who we are and who we are not. So we're going to start with a little bit of a baby step. I say start, I'm going to kick us off this way. Um, You're going to be given a little sticker. And by sticker, I mean name tag. You guys have seen stuff like this before, right? Hello, my name is this. I actually saw a name tag the other day that said, Aloha, my name is. And I thought that was really clever. You guys are going to be getting a name tag. And what I want you to think about is if you were to describe yourself, if you were to answer that question, who am I? what would you write down on your name tag, right? I am, on mine I wrote down, I am Ross. I am Gateway staff. I also wrote here that I consider myself a leader in what I get to do here at Gateway. I also wrote down on here that sometimes I think I'm a little too sensitive. So that's the idea. If you were to answer that question, who am I, besides maybe just your name, right, what would you fill out on your name tag? And really, the idea is just kind of sit with that over the next several minutes as I kind of lead us through unpacking how we might answer that question, who am I? And I'll come back to the idea that it's a big question. It's a big question because if you're anything like me, I don't always know how to answer it, right? I threw out some ideas, who am I? Well, I'm Ross, and this is also true about me, and this is also true about me. But if we're being honest with ourselves, the question, who am I? It's a big question because oftentimes I don't know how to answer it. I mean, are we talking about my job? Like, who am I at work? 
Are we talking about school? Who am I in the classroom? Does it matter what kind of grades I get? Is that who I am? Do those influence what other people think of me? What about sports? If I'm an athlete, is that who I am? You know, the star soccer player? Does that have anything to do with how many friends I have? How many followers on Instagram I have? I mean, there's so many ways we could answer that question. So it's a big question. And the thing is, because I'm not sure how to actually answer it, I can take a stab at it here and there, but because I'm not really sure at the core of who I am, how I would answer that question, I start to listen to outside voices, right? Maybe you do this. I start to listen to outside voices. Well, what do these people say I am? And what about this thing? What does that say that I am? Because if I don't know how to answer the question, I rationalize in my mind that maybe someone else does, right? Maybe he does, maybe she does, maybe my soccer team does. I go to external voices to figure out who I am. And I want to propose something to you guys tonight. It's a big idea that we'll be wrestling with over the course of this series. Who am I is the question. My proposal to you guys is this. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Does that difference make sense? It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. It's about who you, who I, who we belong to. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. But as fun as that is to say, as great as that would be on like a coffee mug or a bumper sticker or like on the front of my journal, right? There's a problem with that. And the problem goes something like this. We, or at least I, identify myself based on what I do or don't do. It's some of what we're talking about, right? I do well in school. I do poorly in school. I'm the athlete. I'm the star student. I'm the popular kid. I'm the unpopular kid. All of these things are wrapped up in what we do. So I'm very quick to associate who I am with what I do. And we live in a culture that makes it really easy to do that, right? I can hop on Instagram and I can see what everyone else is based on how many likes they get, based on the one out of 3,000 photos they decided to post, right? It's the best version of them. And I say, man, I can never measure up to that. So I need to what? Do better. I need to do more. And whether we realize it or not, this starts to give this thing or this person or this group of people permission to start labeling me. Does that make sense? It gives this group of people permission to start labeling me. If I'm a soccer player, for example, I might start running to my soccer team to answer the question, who am I? Hey, guys, who am I? Well, you're a great soccer player. Maybe I'm a bad soccer player. I don't want to hear that, right? That's a bad day. But I start running to that space. If I'm the popular kid or the unpopular kid, I start to pay attention to what other people are saying about me. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I just know that I need to hear, I need to know how much are they talking about me or how much are they not talking about me, right? Because I've given this group permission to answer the question, who am I? And as a result, over time, as I continue to do that, I start to only want to listen to this group of people. Maybe you can think of a scenario where someone has told you something, good or bad, and for whatever reason, you just didn't want to hear it. Right? I don't want to hear it from you, I want to hear it from them. And when this person tells you something good or bad, it just pierces you. Right? It's almost like some people or some things have more power in identifying who I am. Right? It's because I've given them permission, and over time, it's the only words that I want to hear. 
It's the only words that I really want to hear, right? See, I mentioned it a little bit early. I get to lead some of our anchor young adults, and I even wrote it on my name tag, right? For me, what people have to say about my ability as a leader is something that I, if I'm being honest, am very tempted to pay a lot of attention to, right? If someone comes up to me and says, hey, you're doing a great job, this was really great, the way you led through that, the way you taught this, you're doing spot on, keep doing more of that, that speaks directly to my heart. I want to hear that. And it almost, if I'm, un- and if I'm in an unhealthy place, it starts to puff me up, right? That's right, I'm a good leader, I'm a good teacher, because I've self-identified as that, I want to hear what they have to say, right? On the flip side of that, if I catch wind that I'm not doing so great or that I'm not being a good leader, I conclude not only that it must be true, right? How quick am I to jump to, well, that must be true. I must be a bad leader. I also take it one step further and say, well, if I'm a bad leader, then I must be bad. Something about me must not be good enough, right? And life kind of sucks at that point, doesn't it, right? When I've let those words not only define what I'm doing, but who I am. And here's why this is so important. How I identify myself, how you identify yourself, how we identify ourselves will determine how we live the rest of our lives. And this is not like a it might thing, it might determine how we live the rest of our lives. This is a will thing. It will 100% of the time impact how we live the rest of our lives. And I need you guys to hear me. Some of the things that we label ourselves by, soccer player, star student, whatever that is for you, there's nothing wrong with being good at stuff. There's nothing wrong with being good at soccer or good at school or having a lot of friends or having a lot of followers on Instagram. There's nothing wrong with being good at stuff. But when I make those things the core of who I am, I'm always trying to prove myself to the next person, right? I'm always trying to make myself better than I was yesterday. And you know what that is? That's exhausting, That's exhausting because there will always be someone else, there will always be another thing that I'm trying to prove myself to, and when I can't achieve the words or the thoughts that prove I'm good enough, I conclude, well, then I must not be. And what I want to do tonight is just enter into a posture of you guys by asking the question, what would it look like for the goal of my life to be to live not as others define me, And not really even as I define myself, but how God defines me. And the question with that becomes, you know, if that's the goal, Ross, where where do we start, right? How do we even start shifting our focus from here to here, what God says, right? And here's how I'll answer that. We start by learning what God says. That is the answer to that question. Who am I? Not what others say. Not what I say, what God says. And here's the thing. If I don't know what God says about me, then I need to find out. 
Just because I don't know what God says about me does not mean that he doesn't say some really great things about me. It means I need to go find out what those things are or at least find someone who can help guide me to what those things are because the reality is God has a lot of really great things to say. The question becomes, am I willing to actually do the work to seek him? Check out what the prophet Jeremiah, he says in the Bible. This is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. This is God speaking. You will seek me. And you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. Here's the thing. We aren't talking about dabbling. We aren't talking about just kind of casually wandering over to what God says about me and just kind of picking what I like and ignoring what I don't really understand, right? It doesn't say you will find me when you pray a couple times a week. It doesn't say you will find me when you crack your Bible once every month, right? Here's a fun one. It doesn't even say you will find me when you hang out at 180 every Sunday. It says you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And hear me say this. Everything I just mentioned, prayer, Bible, 180, really good things. Those are really good things. But by themselves, they're not enough. They're just not enough. God says you find me when you go all in. When you seek me with your heart, that means with everything that I have, God, I'm seeking you. Maybe you guys have heard of Chance the Rapper. I actually had to go onto Spotify and listen to a bunch of his stuff because I'm too old to actually know anything that he sings. So um, there are probably a ton of really appropriate labels we can give him, right? He's an artist, so he's probably successful. He probably, to some degree, is mentoring other people, right? Um, I had to confirm with a couple others that the number three is associated with Chance the Rapper because I didn't want to stand up in front of you all and get that wrong because I knew you would actually know. Um, but listen to what he said about knowing God. He posted this on Instagram. He said, I'm on a plane headed out of the country on my first sabbatical. I'm going away to learn the word of God, which I am admittedly very unfamiliar with. I've been brought up by my family to know Christ, but I've taken upon myself to take a couple of days and read my Bible. We all quote scripture and tell each other what God likes and doesn't like, but how much time do we spend as followers of Jesus to really just read and know his word? I'm definitely guilty of not devoting time to it. See, whether you're like me and you don't really know who Chance the Rapper is or you listen to every one of his songs, um, despite what amounts to literally millions of voices in his life probably calling out labels of who he is or who he should be, right, to truly know who he is, to discover his identity, he admitted on Instagram, I have to go to God. I have to ask God, and for crying out loud, he got on a plane to go discover what God says about him in his word. That's called seeking, and that's going all in. We talked a little bit about listening to outside voices earlier in our desire to kind of discover who we are. Um, that in mind, I have a question for us. The question goes like this. How do the people we hang out with influence who we think or feel we are? If someone were to look at you and your group of friends or your group of peers, the people you spend most of your time with, what would they say must be true about you? And again, we can use that soccer analogy, right? You might be a soccer player, you might be an athlete, you might spend a ton of time with your team. So someone like me might say, oh, he's, he's obviously a basketball player, look at how much time he spends with them. How do people we hang out with influence who we think or feel we are? That might be a big question, so here are a few others 
that kind of help us do a little bit of like a self-check, like a self-diagnostic. First question, do I only hang out with people who know who I am as opposed to getting to know new people? Do I only hang out with people who praise me for what I can do, right? Maybe I'm really good at basketball, so I intentionally hang out with the younger people who aren't quite as good at me because I know they're going to praise my skill as a basketball player, and I really like that, right? Maybe I'm hanging out with people who are always telling me to try harder and do better. Have I ever asked myself, why is that? Do I surround myself with a lot of friends, or am I more comfortable and actually prefer being alone for most of the time? See, however you answer those questions, a guy in the Bible named Solomon, arguably this guy Solomon is the second wisest person to ever walk the face of the earth, right? Second only to Jesus, and the Bible calls him that, right? The wisest. He said this in Proverbs, this is in chapter 13, verse 20. He said, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools, and I love how this puts it, watch your life fall to pieces, Become wise by walking with the wise. And here's his point, right? We were created not to live and do life on our own. So Solomon is saying, hang out with people who, one, also know that, right? But can also call you forward, who also know what you're good at and call you to be better at it, right? Hang out with people like that. Hang out with the wise. The thing is, there's only one of you. And the world needs that version of you right? When I realize that and I surround myself with people who are also uniquely created to carry gifts that God has given them, I start to realize that this is God's vision for community, right? This is God's vision for community. This is why I get so excited by getting to hear about what you all do in your small groups, right? Whether you realize it or not, you're making the choice to live in authentic community, where collectively we, re- we realize that our gifts look different than other people's gifts, but that's okay because her gifts match my gifts, and together in community we become exactly what God created us to be in the world, which is representatives of Jesus. I can't do it alone, though, and neither can you. Now, about a month ago, I was up here, and it's, it's actually pretty funny that this worked out, but a month ago I was up here telling you guys a little bit about how to share your story, And I gave you a few questions that can actually help you craft your story as we kind of think about how would I share my faith story with someone else. And we're going to circle back to those questions in a minute. But the thing is, sharing my story in the context of community is one of the most powerful ways to live out who God created me to be because it's me remembering the moments in my life where God said, hey, I'm going to exchange the crappy labels that have been given to you by people who never should have been able to define you like that. I'm going to exchange those for labels that I have said you are. I'm taking the bad and I'm saying, no, that is a lie. That's untrue. This is who you are. When I share my story, I'm helping people see how God has done that for me. Sharing your story is powerful. See, the world is going to give you, it's going to give me, a lot of really crappy labels, right? They did this to Jesus to listen to a conversation between two of his followers. This is recorded in the book of John. So Philip and Nathaniel are hanging out. They're two of Jesus' followers. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, 
We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there, Nathaniel asked. Nazareth, see, people labeled Jesus based on where he was from. This was before they knew him. They said, Nazareth, what, what, is, what could ever come from there, right? Maybe you can relate to that, being labeled before someone ever got to know you based on something they found out was true right? But Jesus knew that his identity wasn't based on anything like that. He knew, no, God gets to define who I am, not where I'm from, not how old I am, not what I'm good at or bad at. God gets to say who I am. His story would become so much more than just Jesus from Nazareth, right? That's why we're here today. So last month, we looked at the three questions we can ask that help us share our story. The first goes like this, what would my life look like without God? What made me choose Jesus? What makes me keep choosing Jesus, right? And what has my life been like since? And maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure about any of this Jesus stuff. You hear me talking about this and you're like, I'm not even, I got invited. They said there'd be an egg game thing and I'm just here. I don't know why. Maybe the questions for you become, what does my life look like right now? And what do I need to change? What do I want to change? in order to start living a better one. See, I shared this with you guys, but I used to be an engineer. That's what I studied. That's what I went to school for. That's what I moved to Austin for. It's who I thought I was. So when God said, hey, Ross, I actually want you to come over here and do this thing called ministry, and I want you to do it full-time, leave that engineering thing, you can understand that my hesitancy was real. I shouted at God. I cried at God. I probably swore at God. Not the best idea, but it's what I did, right? It's what I did. And I realized that as an engineer, I was living for me. You can fill in the blanks, right? Engineer, soccer player, star student. The reality for me was I was living for me. I had a plan, and I knew where I wanted to go. God said, time out. That's not how this works. I actually want to show you where I'm going to take you, so follow me. And I can get in front of a group like this and say, honestly, I have never found more joy in following Jesus. And I need you to hear that it has been the most challenging year and a half of my life. But I would not trade it. And in fact, I would get up in front of a crowd like this and say, following Jesus might not make sense. Following Jesus might not even be fun. But there will always be more joy on the other side of obedience than there will ever be standing over here and saying, no, this is what I want to do, God. So who am I? Who are you, right? That's the question. And God has a lot to say on the subject. So over the course of this series, what would it look like for us to listen and truly believe it? My guess is that the results would be life-changing. So what we're going to do now is this thing called communion, and maybe you know what that is, maybe you don't, but hours before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus actually shared a meal with his disciples, right? Maybe you've heard that story. They were celebrating the Jewish festival of Passover, and the celebration dated all the way back to when the Egyptians were actually still captives in Egypt, right? Or rather, the the Hebrew people were still captives in Egypt. They were slaves, and so God is about to set them free. The story goes like this. Before he sets them free, he has all of the Jewish families kill a lamb and take the lamb's blood. This is really hardcore. Take the lamb's blood and paint it over their doorframe, right? And you might be asking, why in the world would God have 
them do that. See, later that night, they didn't know this, but later that night when God sent the angel of death to do his thing, the angel of death would see the blood painted around the doorframe and he would literally pass over that house, right? He would pass over the house, Passover. That's where we get that. And Jewish people still celebrate that today. So you might be asking, why, why do I tell you that? Why do I give you the, the history lesson? Because we're talking about identity. And this is fundamental to what identity is. We're answering the question, who am I? See, when the angel of death got to a house and he saw that there was blood on that doorframe, his response was, nope, can't touch them. They belong to God. And on the night of Passover meal, Jesus said to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me, which for the record would have been so countercultural. It would have been like me saying, hey, Christmas, Jesus' birthday, I want you to celebrate my birthday now. You'd be like, what in the world? That's, that's stupid. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. That was out, absolutely outrageous. But hours later, he would literally shed his blood on a cross to reconnect us back to God so that when God looks at you, when God looks at me, he sees the blood of Jesus, just like on that doorframe, and he declares to the rest of creation, nope, can't touch them. They belong to me. So that's what we're celebrating tonight. Who am I? I'm a son of the king. I'm a son of the king. And tonight we're going to take a moment to remember that. So at both sides of the front of the room, we have the communion elements. If you're comfortable, we're just going to take a moment, come forward and grab those, and then take them back to your seat. We're all going to, after a few moments, after everyone who wants to participate has grabbed the elements, we'll all take communion together. So I'll give you guys some time to do that. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and bring us back together. Looks like everyone has it. Sweet. So Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And just for the record, there's nothing magic about this juice. There's nothing magic about the bread, right? We bought it from HEB probably. But the act of participating in this is us remembering that no matter what the world says, on a day in history, Jesus willingly went to a cross to say, in spite of everything the world says about them, I believe that they're mine, and this is how much I'm willing to prove it. So as we take the bread, as we take the juice, that's what we're remembering. That's what we're celebrating. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you to reconnect you back to God. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. And on the cross, Jesus spilled his literal blood to seal once and for all our identity in him, right? But that wasn't the end of the story. We know that three days later, he rose from the grave. He conquered death. And by his blood, we can have life and have life to the full. So he says, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the juice. Pray with me, guys. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. And I think about the price you paid, the length you were willing to go 
to say to all of us sitting in this room tonight that you love us, you are for us, we are who you say we are, and nothing else, no one else gets to tell us otherwise. And God, I just thank you that you are the kind of God who loves us more than we will ever be able to realize or understand or ever pay you back, yet you went to the cross for each and every one of us. Knowing that it would reconnect us back to you. And God, we're in a room like this, and maybe we're processing for the first time what a lot of that means. God, I just pray that you would dwell richly in this place, that as we go off to our small groups, you would just help us to answer that question, man, who am I? Because you have so much good and so many awesome things that you want to tell us. Holy Spirit, would you just give us clarity and help us to experience you in a new way, and maybe leave tonight knowing something new about who you say we are. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast from Gateway Students 180 program. Please subscribe to stay updated on our current series. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at students at gatewaychurch.com.